welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Doug Field, CEO at East of England Co-op. Hi, Doug. How are you? Hi, Simon. Yeah, good. Thank you. And you? Yeah, good. Enjoying the rain. I know we were just talking about the, the weather off air. It's uh, yeah, a rainy day recording and we're, I know you're praying for sunshine. I think we're, we'd all take a little bit at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's good for trade. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But Doug, tell us a bit about yourself. Currently CEO at East of England Corp, as I've said, but what what's your career look like to date? Yeah, so I'm Doug Yet, CEO of the vibrant and dynamic East of England Corp. You know, we're a society that's thrived for over 150 years and looking to continue to grow with passion and purpose. So I think um, my career that's t- brought me to the, the Corp is quite a varied one. I'm um, probably not great for your listeners, Simon, but I'm an accountant by trade. So and had a varied career at PricewaterhouseCoopers, as it then was, or PwC, as it is now. Um, also worked in... Um, for a company called Christie Group that did um, commercial estate agency stock taking. Um, but yeah, worked all over the country really and ended up in East Anglia, being part of the East of England Co-op, joined as a sort of financial controller and sort of came came up through the ranks to be the CEO. And I think but what sets us apart as an organisation is our, our commitment to our members who the sort of lifeblood of being a cooperative really. Absolutely. And for those that maybe live a bit more northerly in, in the country, uh, could you just give us a kind of sense of breadth where you where your patch ranges from and two number of stores, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we take immense pride, Simon, in being the largest independent retail business in East Anglia with over 200 trading outlets across 70 diverse towns and villages in Norfolk, Suffolk and Essex and Cambridge in two weeks' time. So that's good. Um, we're, um, we're more best known for our convenient food stores which are in the sort of convenience top-up shopping space but we also have over 50 funeral branches and so we've got 124 food stores and then we've got petrol filling stations we've got a stonemasonry business we've got travel business so we've got a and a really big investment property portfolio as well and for those that aren't familiar with kind of the the society model versus co-op group how does that relationship work yeah no that's a that's a good question and one that I'm used to answering really from lots of people. So we are part of a cooperative movement buying group, um, which helps us source our products. So Corp Group are, as you allude to, the ones that most people are aware of. They they have a blue fascia. They they they're worth around seven billion of food buying. The independent societies contribute over two billion. So together we be, it just sort of increases our buying purchasing power so that we can buy goods together to allow us to be competitive in what is a challenging and competitive marketplace in the sort of food retail in the UK. So you buy product, I think your face is green as well, isn't it? So there's some, yeah. as, a, as a walking customer, I'd see a difference in terms of logo and, and color, uh, uniform slightly different as well. And then you uh, sell some of those co-op products, but then are you in control of the rest of the store, the layout and the other things, or is there a set? Yeah, no. We're, we are in control of layout, range, well, not range, sorry, elements of range, space, how we how we set the store out. Yeah, that is all under sort of our control. We've got some guidelines to sort of work together to have a little bit of consistency across the movement. But, yeah, no, quite. we are an independent business, so we do have a lot of freedom and lots of elements. Excellent. So, so with that must come some 
challenges as well so let's kind of i suppose get into the the meat of the conversation what's it what's it like so you're 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 sat there you've got lots of members some amazing colleagues that we've worked with as well so managing a, a modern supermarket convenience chain what what does that feel like and what are some of the things that give you immense joy and pride and some of the things that keep you up at night well i think the the first thing you've got to think about is your customers and colleagues isn't it so i mean changing customer preferences how they respond to the sort of the economic situation what competitors are doing that's a um that's a big part of what we've got to be adaptable for and agile for um we've got the um i mean we've got to look after our colleagues as well and you know i think if we get the colleague and customer bits right that drives a sort of commercial success so and but to do all of those things is a there's so many facets to running the convenience store not only have you got your physical location you've got the technology you put inside you've got the people you the processes you've got to think about supply chain sustainability your brand your reputation and then there's all the factors outside your control you know one of the big ones that sort of kept us a week awake at night recently is sort of energy prices and the the fact the impact that has on our business um and then there's there's some of the regulations we've got to deal with so there's just so many facets of a supermarket convenience business and even just the technology is so many little bits or not little bits big bits that you've got to get in place to sort of drive that customer and colleague experience really so 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 lots going on and i know we're doing we've been doing some work with you for a while now but you're on quite a modernization journey in terms of some of the technology some of the people some of the the ways of working and i think we we're gonna we're gonna call this this is the tail wagging the dog or the dog wagging the tail in terms of the podcast title how do you get that in the right order because there's there's clearly lots to go at that's a good question you asked about some of the challenges i think one of the big challenges that we face and i think businesses generally face is getting that prioritization alignment getting everyone working in the same direction is a tail wagging the dog or is a dog wagging the tail is such a important part of that journey and getting that prioritization alignment comes back to me is to making sure we're solving the right problem and answering the right question and sometimes you've got to you've got to take a bit of a a, um, a leap of faith so i think there's um it's a bit of both really i think because we know what what retailers are doing but a lot of it is still down to the basics isn't it you you've got a plan you've got to move your stock and you've got to fill your shelves so anything we've got to work out what the best way to do all of those things and make sure we've got the right operating model and using technology as a facilitator rather than the driver for some of that yeah absolutely and and cost is clearly a, a massive challenge everybody we speak to work with um have conversations that that pressure of national living wage and designing to give people a better lifestyle and kind of force that dropping the boundaries potentially to a lower age level that just brings inherent incremental cost each year that you have to absorb or is this part of the modernization journey to find some of those efficiencies to unlock yeah absolutely and you've helped us on that journey by really really digging into the task in store how we how we what how we do things and what are the ways to improve those what are the areas that we can um one of our our key strategies is to simplify to make things easier and simpler for colleagues members and customers and by doing that we can free resources up to invest in other things so anything we can do to simplify our operation and i think simplify is one of those is actually 
far is one of those things that's easy to say but so difficult to deliver you know to simplify things is such a challenge and i think that's what we've got to get to and that's what we're working to through our modernization program dealing with a sort of how we create our operating model extending our pl- plan being more proactive and intentional about how we achieve that rather than a sort of historic knee-jerk we've got a budget challenge let's try and fix it and be more structured and more disciplined to that approach yeah and it, it comes with those challenges isn't it i think ways of working is always a tricky one if you've got a very transient population of colleagues and workforce clearly there's a challenge because you're continually training people and people don't stay if you've got a heritage of uh, lower labor turnover and some great colleagues that have stayed again it's difficult to change those ingrained habits isn't it absolutely yeah part of getting change landed is about the people isn't it there if you don't have their support and acceptance then you're not going to deliver what you do not going to create this to con conditions for success really and we we're working hard to try and get them actively participating in that transformation process um our chief operating officers put some really good disciplines in place we have managers in action we we're starting to do listening groups which was trying to help gain get get that crucial buy-in and reduce resistance to change and therefore increase the chances of success change it's interesting because again speaking to lots of organizations there's there's this kind of ongoing rhetoric around people's ability to embrace change and deal with change and i'm kind of suppose it certainly from a retail hospitality point of view at the point of if you're not continually changing then that's probably when you should start to worry not we keep changing does that make sense oh absolutely you've got to you know i think the pace of change is you know, it's described as relentless, and I think that's, but that's that's the way of the world now. And I think that sort of uh, being adaptable to do that and getting the right people who are willing to do that is is absolutely vital. And I think you've got to continue to sort of adapt and change your ways of working to to match the changing customer preferences, really, because they're ultimately they're the ones who um who pay the bills. Absolutely. And as we've seen with, unfortunately, some other retailers across probably the last six or seven years, for those that didn't change, it, it brings real challenges, doesn't it? And they, they get um, bought by others and kind of consolidated or actually don't don't exist any longer. So that, that I suppose, proves in the pudding that, yeah, rel- relentless change is, is the norm. If there is no change, that's probably the time to worry. I think that's absolutely right. And, um, yeah, it's... Um, I think, you know, just some of the technology is so indispensable as part, you know, we can't operate without technology these days. And that, and that, that's, that's quite a um, big change over the last sort of 10, 20 years, I think really, where it was possible to, um, to do that, but you've got to sort of keep pace. Otherwise you can't simplify your operations and you can't meet customer needs. Absolutely. So the the modernization work that's been happening and that will continue to happen, what kind of opportunities is that going to open up for kind of store colleagues and customers? I think it's hopefully, well, it will, because of the, we're in a, in a position where we've got the scale, the technology is so scalable that the, the fixed cost base is there. So we can scale our business now and grow our number of food stores without a significant impact on that sort of fixed cost base and those central costs. 
Mm-hmm. So that provides opportunities. And if we can grow our business, then that provides opportunities for obviously to reach new new customers. It also allows opportunities for colleagues to to grow and develop because new stores brings new opportunities and promotion opportunities for them. And and we're also doing a lot in terms of um, cross-fertilizing the sort of central teams with people from stores and vice versa and doing a lot to sort of build those bridges, which can be historically um, very, dis- not decisive, um, very um, like barriers to, to creating that sort of cohesive team environment. Yeah, I think it, it's always good, isn't it? It's easy to, to sit in the office and assume what happens on the floor and what customers are thinking. But then when you get those, those people that come in and people then go out into stores, you get that real uh, essence and understanding of what actually happens versus the theory. Absolutely, yeah. And you mentioned at the start kind of new store in Cambridge. Is it Cambridgeshire Way? Yeah, so it is, yeah. In the next couple of weeks. So yeah. is that part of the future plans in terms of a, a geography spread or will it be more stores in the in the kind of same area are there new types of stores that are coming what what are all those future plans we haven't you know we've only opened two two real new stores in the last few years so we've really got to sort of that's that's not going to help us grow our business so we've got to do two things really so we've got to grow our new food stores and we've got to be um take a long hard look at the stores that are underperforming as well so yeah we want to reach new customers so that is about new geography and new opportunities you know we're not depending on how you define east anglia we've still got a little bit of way to go we can't go too much further east because we come to holland rather than east anglia so um, well, maybe there's an opportunity you never know well, you never know yeah i don't think our, um, our logistics partners will be over the moon about that <laughs> one so um but there are there are you know the east of england east anglia is a is a growing there's is a, is a growing area there are opportunities but you know it's You've got to seek them out. We've got a really good team looking for new food stores. But, you know, the economic conditions make that challenging. Construction costs are increasing. So, therefore, housing isn't going up maybe as quick as they thought it would a few years ago, which when you're looking at new developments, slows down when you want to open your convenience store. So, still lots of – even with that sort of expansion program, there's lots of challenges and lots of – I like lots of things in business. It's a bit of a roller coaster. And I assume lots of other businesses are doing the same. I know certainly in kind of drive-through world, it's a premium at the moment. So you've got, you know, McDonald's, Costa, Tim Hortons, Starbucks, uh, Greg's even are looking at those prime spots. So the price just spirals because it becomes a, it becomes almost a bidding war. Yeah, no, we definitely seen that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we've, because we, in our investment property portfolio, we've got a couple of Greg's locations, which is, it's good but yeah it is a absolutely um it is and it's not as you rightly say it's not you, you're not competing just against convenience food retailers nowadays you're competing against drive-through operations with a different operating model yeah it's a um there's lots always lots to think about yep and I, again i don't think i don't think that'll ever change it'll just mean we have different things or more things to think about mm-hmm. so before we finish doug if you could kind of cast your mind forward maybe five years what would your hopes be for the society your customers and colleagues well we want to be the best we can be and so we want to be the best in the food business we want to be the best convenient food retailer in the location so that's for me about making delighting our customers and exceeding their expectations we want to make 
our colleagues' lives as easy as possible so they can deliver the best possible service. And I think from an overarching society perspective, I'd love to see us having a lot more stores, you know, reaching 150 mark, reaching new customers and expanding what we do. And I think because our aim is to use our profit to make a positive local impact, the more the bigger we become, the more positive impact we can have on our on the region and the communities in which we serve. So that's where I'd like to be in five years. So I'm amazing. Amazing. Well, having worked with you and the team, I'm, you know, absolutely confident that you'll achieve achieve those goals, but great to hear from you. And final question from me. You've you've worked in kind of various um organizations. So you talked about accounting, PwC, um, clearly East of England co-op. What's the best bit of business advice that you've been given that's kind of stuck with you? Oh, that's a that's a good question. No, no, that's a good one. That's a good question. I think um I think continually to be curious and ask the ask questions because I think you know I think I said it earlier in the podcast about part of the challenge with technology is solving the right problem and that's about asking the right the right questions and um I suppose to put it in a real sort of and this isn't necessarily the best piece of advice but I think it's a good piece of advice in that context is is in a technology context is are you are you a vitamin or a painkiller so vitamin is is good for you but it's not necessary and a painkiller is something that really sort of makes a real difference to something and that sometimes is a good way to so vitamins are still good for you but just over the long term and painkillers are sort of things should be uh, investing straight away to sort of help people so i quite like taking that sort of lens on things sometimes as a way to help make decisions and make sure you're getting the right prioritization and the right projects which is as we said a continual challenge i like that one i wish i'd have known that one when i was at boots it would have been it would have been (laughs) apt to use in my uh pharmacy and retail days there but absolutely yeah that's a brilliant one doug it's been an absolute pleasure uh chatting as always really appreciate your time i know you're a busy man with lots of colleagues to look after and lots of customers but great to hear your plans great to hear the work that's been going on and, and good luck with all the future plans Great. No, thank you, Simon. Appreciate the opportunity.